Hello, and welcome to the Goddess Ceremony Podcast, a sacred place for women all around the world to find wisdom about the sacred feminine, empowerment, and healing. From natural health suggestions, traditional wisdom, and transformative stories, you'll be immersed in topics that bring you inspiration and clarity. If you're ready to awaken the wild woman within, you're in the right place. Welcome to the Goddess Ceremony Podcast with Cassandra Wilder. Hello, my friends, and welcome back to the Goddess Ceremony Podcast. My name is Cassandra, and I'm so grateful that you are here. I'm really, really excited because I have a very special guest that I'll be introducing here on the podcast in just a moment. As you know, here at Goddess Ceremony, we're incredibly selective on who we bring onto the podcast. We choose to work with women that are really doing life-changing things in the world, and this woman is the epitome of that. And what we're talking about today is life force energy and how it expresses through a parent-child relationship, especially between single or independent parents and their children. So we're going to talk about how that life force energy can feel lopsided, especially if we don't have a partner to parent with, and what we can do to rein that energy in so that we can be balanced with our own inner masculine and feminine. So this is the ultimate podcast where we're going to talk about healthy boundaries, self-love, parenting, and really how we can model this healthy relationship to our children without depleting ourselves. So I'm so honored to welcome in Stasia Bliss. Thank you, Cassandra. I'm so honored to be here. Oh, amazing. So if you don't know Stasia, she is the Kundalini Queen. And so she's an expert in life force energy education. She's an author, a speaker, a coach. She's really one of those women that you watch online and you think, how do you how do you do it all? You're an expert in everything. And she helps people understand and manage their life force energy. So a couple weeks ago, myself, Anastasia, and our beautiful sister, Meadow, were all driving to California. And it just ended up being one of those synchronistic moments where we were all needing to go to California and worked for us to do this big carpool extraordinaire. (laughs) (laughs) So fun. It was so fun to California. And on our drive, we were talking about being in our queendom or really being in our power. And Stasia said to us, you know, I've been thinking about embodying the term Kundalini queen. And as soon as she said it, I felt this passion and this excitement, this exact clarity that yes, that is indeed exactly who you are. Mm -hmm. And that is the title that has been waiting for you your entire life. But I giggled because I said to Meadow, it's so funny, Meadow, just a couple weeks ago, you were saying to me that you were really feeling like the crystal queen. And when she had told me that, I had said, well, that's so funny because I've been thinking about being the menstruation queen. And so independently, (laughs) the three of us had all really stepped into this next layer of our healing and our claiming of our power. Totally. So how hilarious. Synchronistic. (laughs) So meant to be. Yeah. So, Stasia, I would love for you to share a little bit more about what you do and why this is such an important topic, especially for our independent or single parents out there that do feel depleted and like they're barely keeping their head above water. I would love to. First of all, maybe just talk about what exactly Kundalini is. (laughs) So it's a Sanskrit word that actually means life force energy. So in case you didn't gather that. (laughs) (laughs) Now you know. So life force energy 
energy is what keeps us alive. Like it's literally what animates us and makes us move and think. And when we leave these bodies, that's the energy that leaves, you know, it's tied to our consciousness and, you know, everything that expresses through us. So as a parent, especially as a mother, when we get pregnant, we become a channel for another being to cultivate, grow, and birth a life into a body. Like, it's pretty phenomenal, actually. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> like, we literally go to what I like to call the life-death portal and assist a being coming through our bodies and birth them out into this plane of existence. Mm. So that's a big job. I mean, we grow <laughs> that being in us for, you know, nine, it's actually more like 10 months. <laughs> um, and so when we birth them, like often the parent is breastfeeding for a time and there really isn't a separation between this child and the mother for some time. You know, and if a parent has to go back to work right away, then that is a time where some of that separation begins to occur. But still there's mm. this link up right with this energy and it's it, it's almost like you don't know when to stop <laughs> you know like you're raising this child and they're very dependent on you you can't just like put a baby you know like down and walk away and have it like fend for itself it, it's not like other animals it needs us to help mm. and so until that child really begins to cultivate its own understanding of its life force energy and begin to manage that on its own where they get autonomy and they become like an individual and you know like when they start to develop, develop a little ego you, know? <laughs> like, <laughs> you can tell when this is happening <laughs> yeah. but sometimes it doesn't click for us as a parent because we're so now trained in the mode of nurturing usually as a mm. as a mom that we don't get the cue that says hey I need to like learn now to manage my own life force mm. and this is really where this kind of this information really steps in yes so at what age do you think most children start to create that autonomy or really start to have their own little personality well, even in psychology and in yogic texts, they talk about growing and identifying with the ego between five and seven years old. Mm. I always tell my kids that's when they get a filter. So mm. like before that, I'm like, no, you can't do that. You have no filter. You know, like you don't know how to distinguish what's, you know, yourself and what's other. Like everything that's coming into a small child is going right into their subconscious mind. It's mm. training them on how to respond. And they're actually just mimicking everything that they mm. see at that time. And so that is why it's good to stay close as mama bear and like be there and help guide and, you know, like help that energy know where to go. That's, mm. you know, going to be helpful to them and that's going to bless society. And, you know, we yeah. do the best that we can with that. But as soon as they start to develop that strong sense of ego, that identity of themselves, mm. that's when the life force needs to be redirected from the parent so that they can help them cultivate their own strong sense of self that is not, you know, like stepping over other people's boundaries and, you know, like ruling mm -hmm. <laughs> other people. Right. Yeah. And, you know, I had the same issue as a single mom. I've been a single mom most of my parenting life. And it's hard to identify that this is happening. And I had to have a girlfriend point out to me, do you realize your kids are just walking all over you? Mm. And this happens to a lot of us, you know, like probably every single mom and a lot of, you know, parent, you know, like partnered parents find this mm. too, you know. Mm -hmm. So... What does that tend to look like when 
a woman is being ruled by the children when she isn't being treated with that respect and there is no healthy implementation of boundaries. Well, I love how we started with the talk about the queen because truly the mother is the queen of the house. And, you know, if there's a father there, he's the king. But if they don't know that and they don't embody that in a loving way, in a nurturing way, you're not trying to be a tyrannical like king and queen. And, you know, some of us grew up in that sort of a household. But, you know, as we evolve as a species, <laughs> we're really trying to have a loving domain, you know, where we, yes, we know that it's our home. We take good mm -hmm. care of it. Like you guys can't see Cassandra's house, but she has a gorgeous <laughs> castle. This is your queendom. Like this is your realm that you are in charge of managing and managing the life force here is not just mm -hmm. the stuff, but it's the energy. It's your energy. It's the people that come in, like how you work with that. Right. And so with our children, if they don't feel and understand from us that this is our realm and we're queen of the realm, mm -hmm. then they, they're like, someone has to be in charge, mm -hmm. you know? And so they actually try to be that. And I actually think it's them being very smart and showing us like what we need to own. Mm -hmm. And so until we do, it shows up like ordering you around to like, hey, where's my food, mom? Like, you know, like, where's my bubble bath? Or like, why did you do that? Like, you're not allowed to do that. Like, you feel that your kid is actually parenting you. Yes. <laughs> You've heard this, right? Yes. I've, yeah. And we've yeah, seen it. You see it a lot. It. We see it a lot. And a lot of times a parent doesn't know how to respond because we've been trained now that we can't do certain things as a parent. You know, we can't slap our children, you know, like, okay, that's probably a good idea. But when I was growing up, if I spoke back to my mom, she slapped me across the face. Mm. <laughs> and then I knew that there was no way that I could do that. And my mom wasn't an abusive mom, but she did set a boundary, like if mm. I crossed. So these days we can't do that. Mm -hmm. And so like a lot of parents, I think are afraid to know how to set a healthy boundary while like still, you know, like being okay with the system that's set up, mm -hmm. you know? And, mm -hmm. and I think the system has kind of taken a lot of power away from parents. And so it's really just about stepping into like a confident place where you know that you are the one making the rule and what mom says goes. And sometimes that's gonna be flexible, you know? Sometimes there's gonna be like, oh, it's not that big of a deal. But when it is, you know, to really like, then you know, yeah, then you know, <laughs> my kids know I have a different voice when I'm really serious. <laughs> and my youngest is like, mom, you're scaring me. And I'm like, this is the only way you're going to know that I'm serious. Yeah. And I love you. But no, like, this is not going to fly. Yeah. Yeah. What does it look like to implement these boundaries if they were not there from the get go? And you can mm -hmm. speak to your experience. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Well, like I said, my kids were ruling the castle and I wasn't aware of it because I was just, you know, like I was just trying to be a good mom. You know, mm -hmm. it's hard to be mom and dad. Yeah. If you're a single mom, you're like, don't want to be mean. You want to be nurturing. But you know, and I'm not saying dads are meant to be mean, but sometimes the dad is the stern voice that's like, listen to your mother, mm -hmm. you know, like, and holds that strong space. And if that's not occurring in the house, the mom's like, well, I want to love my kids. I want to nurture my kids. So that's how I was being like, I want to love and nurture them. But it was like, they were taking it too far. They knew they could milk me for every last, mm. you know, bit of attention and oh, I'm still hungry and this and this, and I'm trying, but I'm not realizing that I'm over giving. Mm. And so it wasn't until a good friend of mine was like, you know, like I said, 
mention that this was happening and she actually took it upon herself to step in and you know be like you can't talk to your mother that way and like kind of gave them a little education on like respecting and sometimes I think it does take somebody else Mm. that's why like I love to coach moms on this (laughs) because I feel like sometimes we do need somebody else to step in and I'm happy to just say to somebody else's son or daughter hey your mom is a queen like Mm. that's not how you talk to the queen Mm. you know like she does everything for you like you you listen (laughs) yeah and the kids don't always like to hear that like from somebody that's not their mom because you know I don't think they mean to be manipulative but the kid does know what's what's happening at that point like between Mm -hmm. five and seven especially the older they get they they understand that if they behave a certain way they get a certain feedback Mm. from the parent you know and Having worked with many age groups and realizing that as adults, we actually don't act that much different than we do when we're like five to seven years old. Mm. Like, and so like that's really a good time to implement healthy, you know, boundaries. Like manipulation can be a good thing too. You know, like we manipulate our environment to like please us. Like we, you know, like there's manipulative tactics that are helping to build, mm-hmm. you know, you have to manipulate material to whatever, you know, like, you know, there's healthy ways. But there's also negative manipulation, which is mm. self-serving and that kids tend to do naturally until they're shown a different mm. way. And if they're not shown, this is where I feel like we see you know, women who grew up to manipulate their partners in, you know, kind of undermining ways, because first of all, also, they're just not learning to respect themselves mm-hmm. as a child. You know, when we aren't taught to respect our mother, we aren't really learning to respect ourselves as women. Yes. So kind of going all over the place here, but <laughs> there's so much, there's so much good content right here. So what would you say to a woman that is wanting to start to implement some of this, but again, doesn't know where to start? Well, the first thing is always just awareness. So if you can, you know, we can begin to look at, hey, do you notice that this is happening in your house? Do you notice, you know, like you might now listening to this podcast go, oh my gosh, this is me. Like my Mm. kid is doing this to me. And so the first step you might not change immediately but the next time it happens you mm. get to be the witness you'll suddenly catch yourself after like oh it just happened again mm. and that's really like the aha moment where you know that happens before the behavior change like first we look at it and we go there it is mm. that's when it happens okay what am i going to do about it mm-hmm. and you know for me that's when i started to turn around and go look kids (laughs) I know this has been happening up till now like I know this has been how it's been going but I just want you to know the queen's back in the castle (laughs) I'm gonna work really hard to work with you on what that means like I want you to understand that we can't boss mom around and I'm also gonna try to not boss you around but we have to live together you know I think Mm. it comes down to treating our children like they're not just children, they're other humans that are inhabiting a home with us. Mm. So they do have their own identity, their own sense of individuality, what they like, like, you know, they deserve to have all those things, but Mm. they're not paying the bills and they can't do everything for themselves yet. And so they Mm. are still dependent. So there has to be like, you know, some rules that are respecting everyone in the house and especially the one who's really 
running the show, like taking care of everything. Yes. So I, I really feel like kids are smart. Like, you know, if we don't treat them like they're smart, then it's almost like they learn how to manipulate because they think, oh, she doesn't think I'm that smart, so I'm going to act dumb. Or, hmm. but, I mean, from a very young age, I feel like I could tell my boys what was really going on, and they got it. Yeah. I love that all of this is built on that mutual respect, that they're not just kids. Like you yeah. said, they're other human beings. And when we learn how to respect ourselves and then ask that respect of them, it creates yeah. this, this healthy circular energy right. instead of this hierarchy. Totally. I mean, imagine if you just moved in with some random people <laughs> and you like just suddenly started like bossing them around and like one of them owns the house and you just start telling them to get you food and like... <laughs> You know, I mean, it would seem weird and like really off kilter. And maybe if the person that owned the house wasn't confident, they might let it happen for a minute. Mm. But eventually they're going to be like, hold up. <laughs> like, this is not working out. Yeah. And, you know, like, unfortunately, a lot of us have a difficult time really communicating in mm. this culture. And that's what I'm hoping to assist with this work is really like, how do we communicate in a healthy way what this life force mismanagement has been? Mm. is so that we can correct it, so that everyone feels nurtured, everyone feels like their own life force energy is strong. So, I mean, if you moved in with someone else, you would want to, like, come to a place of agreement, like, you know, what's the appropriate distribution of energy here? Like, yeah. who's doing dishes? Who's, you know? And it's the same thing with our kids. We just have to recognize that they can handle that. And if we don't give them give it to them, then they're not going to be like highly functional adults. <laughs> yes. That's yeah. so key right there. Right. So when we actually are implementing this in a healthy way, do you feel like it's less likely for a woman to feel burnt out and depleted and totally, you know, at that like 50% function rates? Oh yeah. Because literally when we're not managing life force with our kids and we're just giving, giving everything they're asking for, it's like they're still plugged into us and they're siphoning that life force energy. And it's kind of vampirical, even though we love that <laughs> we do it like voluntarily. Like what it comes down to is when you cut that and you just, you still have cords to your kids. They're love cords. Like those never end. But when you really like take back your sovereignty and it is an inner choice like they feel you do it mm. you know you take it back and then you're also like teaching them how to be strong in themselves by modeling it for them mm. and at first they're going to fight against it you know like their old power source is gone right. <laughs> and now they have to find the access within themselves which they have you know we all have direct line to source you know, and if we don't teach our kids that, then they'll go on into relationships and try to plug into other people and get energy from them. And that just is where dysfunctional relationships begin is yes. in the home. Exactly. Yeah. Do you think when a woman is implementing these boundaries in a healthy way, she has time for self-care and time to replenish this life force? I absolutely do. I absolutely do. And actually, our kids will often keep asking for things that they know we need. Mm. It's so interesting. Like, I've observed, I'm like, why are my kids always asking me for food? Like, <laughs> nonstop. And then I, when I go, you know what? Maybe I need to eat more. Like, mm. maybe I need to take that in me. And I'll be like, you know what? You can get food, but I'm going to sit down and eat. And then they're suddenly like, oh, yeah, mom, like you should eat. Like at first it's a struggle, but then they it's almost like they recognize that I got it. Mm -hmm. You know, like I got the mirror. They have our kids like, I want a bath, I want a bath. But the mom knows she needs a bath. Like 
and she just is like, no, I'm going to take a bath. Like, I'll run a bath for you, but I'm going to take some self-care time. It's like that you're getting the message that what you really need is a bath, you know? Yes. <laughs> yeah. How can we start to empower our youth with the ability to set boundaries? Because that's such a hot topic anymore. And most of us sure didn't learn how to set boundaries. We learned the hard way. How can we teach them these skills? Well, I think it first comes down to we set these with them. Like, and we be we be strong with our no's. You know, like if we if we're like, no, this is, I'm not gonna give this to you right now, and they turn it into a big fit, we have to stay with our no. You know, mm-hmm. we can't be like, oh, okay, now you threw a fit, now I'll give it to you because now they're teaching. We're teaching them. You know, that if they just behave badly, they're gonna get it. And so it's, we have to be strong in setting the boundary and holding on to it even when it's hard. Like mm-hmm. even when it feels like, oh, I really want to just let them out. Sometimes we have to throw a fit, you know, like we actually are growing if we throw a fit. <laughs> like you and I, like if we don't get what we want and we just, we're so mad and we cry and we do all the things. Like we actually grow from that. We actually yeah. find something new in us that we didn't know we had as strength and like we release toxicities in our bloodstream like that happens for them too like they need to be able to emote they need to be able to feel like it's actually good like if my kid's like gonna scream and throw a fit I'm like great you can do that in the other room I'm gonna close the door let me know when you're done Mm. and that's just their way of processing the boundary Mm. and over time it's not gonna be like that every time you know over time they're gonna understand and be more respectful of the boundary and you watch your children mature right before your eyes you know but at first it's a little challenging (laughs) I can imagine that especially a woman that feels so nurturing and it has forever been that super nurturing empathetic force to suddenly have to stick to a no I see this a lot I I have a very personal experience that I used to live with another single mom and she could not stand to let her son cry in the other room you know and she would just be like oh no it's too much she's gonna get stuffy I gotta go in there and it's like yeah but he's not a baby anymore you know like at that point he's just gonna keep it up year after year like throwing these fits knowing that you're just not you don't want him to be sad like you don't Mm. want him to go through it and that's actually not an empowering move you know like because as an adult if a man's not getting what he wants in a relationship and he thinks all he has to do is up the emotional ante with his partner Mm. that's i you know like that's not a good situation so as parents we have to think ahead and be like i'm grooming a not grooming i actually hate that word but (laughs) we are like holding space for these boys to be men and these girls to be women like what kind of a man do like what I like to see more of in the world and like Mm. how do how do we get there from Mm. here you know yes and same with our girls like do we want our girls to be able to manipulate all the their partners and like other women like it starts in our home like we have to Mm. treat them like we want to be like we like we want to be like you know If we're behaving badly, we don't want someone to give in. We want someone to be like, no, that's not cool. Yeah. (laughs) That's how we be. That's how we're queens, you know? Yes. So powerful. What would you say to any independent parent out there and what they can do to step into their queendom? First of all, I want to say I feel you. 
I know it is not easy. And I applaud you for all that you're doing. And you're actually doing awesome right now. Mm. Like, that's the first thing. Like, we just need to know that we actually are doing awesome, even up to the point of where we know we need to change. You know, like today might be the day that you just know you need to change. Mm. But that doesn't mean everything else was bad. Like, everything else was right on, awesome, you being the best mom you could be. And so from here on out, it's just like, are you ready to up your game with your kids? And like both of you evolve and you can do it. And, you know, just like any transformation we go through, the first part is a little bit rough and sticky. (laughs) And we're like, oh, I sucked at that. (laughs) But that's just part of it. You know, that's just part of the shift. And like, just be willing to go through that part. And, you know, like... Cry with them if you need to. Like, I feel like I cried with my kids so much when I was going from letting things be the way they were and feeling like I was being walked on to, like, taking charge. Like, sometimes I just had to break down and cry and be like, I, I'm sorry that this is how it was and this is how it is. I'm, I'm, you know, I'm not always the best at everything. Like, I'm just a person. And like, mm. I think our kids need to see our vulnerability. Like, mm. they need to see that we're real I don't think I ever really saw that from my parents. And so I didn't actually think they were real people, <laughs> like in yes. a way, you know what I mean? Yes. And so I didn't think they had vulnerabilities. I just thought they were the rules. They were, you know, and I'm seeing them more and more these days, but it's so valuable for kids to see that their parents are real. Yeah. And like when it's like, it's not like you're letting out some big secret. <laughs> They're going to find out (laughs) and they might resent you later if you don't show it now, you know, like show your vulnerability, like admit that you feel drained by the way things are going and you want to help them be powerful people. Like you want to empower them, you know, like let them know you got your best interest for yourself and them at heart. And it's not just about you being bossy. I'm imagining what it would be like to be five or six or seven years old and to hear your parents say something that honest. And I think that would immediately create that empathy. Yeah, like I I feel like my relationship with my sons has gotten so much more personal and close. Like they actually care about, you know, what's going on with me. And if they notice that I'm having a hard time, they will come and put their arm around me. You know, it's not like I don't have to hide that stuff from them. And I think it comes from this like managing my life force being like I, I'm no longer connected to an umbilical cord to you like you have to access life force yourself you're gonna need the skill mm-hmm. and you're not too young to know yes yeah and I love the word used earlier with sovereignty yeah and what you're saying here too is letting go of that pressure of being the the perfect mom or the bionic mom the mom that does everything and totally can clean the house and have, work a job and be in the, the stellar mother and never show that weakness. As we all know, it's totally. Not and sometimes you can't, you can't, like sometimes you can't do anything and you just got to be honest with your kids. Like, Hey, I really need your help right now. Like mom's not doing it. <laughs> you got to do it. Yeah. <laughs> you know, like some kids have to find that out the hard way by losing a parent and like realizing that they can do it. But we can empower our kids while we're there with them, that Mm. they can do it, that they're stronger than they think. That's so powerful. Is there anything else you want to say to to really give everyone the tools, the layout that they need to start to implement this? 
Well, I think it's helpful to bring it back to a really simple, you know, like what's an exercise that I can do, like besides, you know, the languaging with the kids, really just taking time every day to tune into yourself, you know, even if that's just noticing your inhale and exhale breath and being like, you know, touch your body and be like, this is my body, like this is my realm that I'm over and encouraging your kids to do that, encouraging your kids to take some breaths in their body and feel maybe stretch their body be like this is your home you know for your consciousness this is where you live in your body okay and you know like just getting down to those super basic things and you know letting them feel themselves and letting them notice you feel yourself i think is a great way to to begin because you're really just learning to embody more of who you truly are and teach them to do that too because hmm. when we're when we are sovereign when we are like queen or king of our personal domain then when we go out in the world and we interact it's an empowering experience like we help other people with we model for other people how they can step into that and we and we are powerful creators together rather than just having to work out all this unprocessed stuff that comes with you know, like mm. dependent energy. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. So beautifully said. And where can everyone stay connected with you? Well, you can find me online at the Kundalini Um, or you can find me on Facebook. Uh, my public page is the Kundalini coach. So Stasia bliss, the Kundalini coach right now, um, or on Instagram, the Kundalini queen I'm there as well. So can send me an email if you're interested in working personally with me. I do do one-on-one -on -one coaching, so you can work one-on-one -on -one with me, single sessions. But I really highly encourage that if you really want to go deep and you know work out the kinks of wherever life force might be blocked or stagnant in your life, be it with your kids or in your relationship or just in the home, then I do offer a three or six-month coaching, which. Today, I would love to offer special to anyone who's listening, if that's all right. Please tell us. So normally my month uh, coaching is $1,000 a month, but if you are listening today and you are willing to commit to three months of coaching, I will knock that down to 750 Wow. And if you are willing to commit to six months, which to me is really deep transformation work, like you really are going to go through, you won't be the same person at the end and you will be more highly in control of your reality. Let's throw that word control out. You're, you'll be able to manage <laughs> your reality from a place of peace and love and bliss. And in three months, we'll be getting you there too, but six months is really a commitment. And so if you're willing to commit to that, I will even drop it down for you all half price. So it's $500 wow. a month. That's one-on-one -on -one weekly coaching. That's exercises. That's access to me for six months. So in order to get that, you have to email me, stageabliss at gmail. And in the subject line, you have to write bliss off. Bliss off. <laughs> I love that. <laughs> so we got to get your bliss off. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. And that is an unbelievable deal. As you can all tell, Stasia is absolutely incredible. She is such a gifted healer and teacher, and I'm so honored to call her my soul sister. Thank you so much. So thank you so much for joining us today. All of her links will be down in the show notes. She also does a YouTube series that's incredible. So know that 
there is lots more where this came from. Thank you. Thank you. And if you want to see Stasia back on the show, be sure to find me on Instagram at Menstruation Queen, or you can also email us at podcast at goddessceremony.com. All right, my friends, I'll see you next week. Thank you so much for joining us for the Goddess Ceremony podcast. We hope you found inspiration and healing within this sacred space. If you're feeling the call to join us for an upcoming Sacred Goddess Retreat or transformative women's leadership training, now is the time to rise. You can find details about upcoming retreats and trainings at goddessceremony.com. We'll see you in the next podcast, sister. Thank you.